Let's begin, Father, by just saying, Father God, you are awesome. You are amazing. Just anoint this house tonight. Anoint every heart, Lord, to, to have wisdom, to navigate the new season that's coming upon us. Just a few weeks ahead of us is the 2012. And I really feel I was sitting on the front row there and I sense there's a number of people in this church that are gripped with a feeling that 2012 is going to be a good, a good season for them. Amen? That they feel like they're coming around a corner and something is showing a glimpse of a far better day for them. And I know that's true for our church. Amen? So I want you to just really help me tonight and, and uh, agree with me. And I don't know if the guys have got the scriptures, but let's, let's just have a look at this. You've got your Bibles, if you can get your Bibles out and um, take some notes if you want. I want to just quickly go through this. And podcast listeners, can you give it up for those guys? God bless them. Come on, you can do better than that. We've got people in Brazil, Italy, England, America. Woo! And uh, let me start off with a couple of scriptures. The message is called Seven Issues of Prophetic Fulfillment. Seven issues I want to give to you so you can write seven um, statements down by the end of this, I hope. Proverbs 8.11 says, For wisdom is more precious than rubies, and nothing you desire can compare with it. Proverbs 2.6 says, For the Lord gives wisdom, and from his mouth come knowledge and understanding. Proverbs 2.7, he holds victory in store for the upright. He is a shield to those whose walk is blameless. Proverbs 2.8 says, for he guards the course of the just and protects the way of the faithful ones. I love this stuff. He guards the cause of the just and protects the way of his faithful ones. We need to be faithful guys in these days. 2.9, then you will understand what is right and just and fair, every good path. 2.10, for wisdom will enter your heart. Oh, thank you, Lord. And knowledge will be pleasant to your soul. I'm talking about prophetic revelation of your life, but the life of the church and the prophetic revelation of what God is doing all over the planet. Who's into that? It's called the movement of God all over the world. Not, people, not many people realize it's even happening. That there is an economy, just like there is an economy in the, in the financial realm, there is an economy in, in God and it is very prospering and it is flowing throughout the planet. Like the finances are flowing, out, flowing through the world, this economy of God's spirit, of his word and of prophetic fulfillment is very profitable and it's coming to pass as we speak the best shares you can buy at the moment are in God's kingdom can I say that amen prophetic fulfillment so number one is for prophetic fulfillment we must know what God is saying to us and then say yes and amen to his promises for us see it's not an automatic occurrence your best life I'm a Christian now thank you now my best life will just unfold, just like Mary Poppins. No. You, <laughs> well, Mary Poppins speaks to me about a, a, a lot, you know, like, you know, if you magical get thinking. magical thinking. Thank you, Jules. Magical thinking, yes. Because that can be actually a presumptuous thing in faith, that by being a Christian, everything's going to go, well, it could, 
But I, I, I don't think I see that in the Bible. I, I see God taking you through lessons and trials, even tribulations and testings, to bring out your character, your faith, and your perseverance spirit. Amen? So, that's real faith, and that's real training up by God the Father of His children. Amen? And that's what God's done through this church and through my life anyway. So, once you understand prophetic fulfillment, 2 Corinthians 1.20 says, For no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ, and so through Him the Amen is spoken by us to the glory of God. Do you know what I'm saying? One key principle you've got to understand is this, that you need to do this. You need to look forward, not back on 2011. You need to look forward into 2012. I know we got wonderfully blessed, but I'm still looking forward to more blessings that God is unfolding in my family, in this family, and in your life. Now, I want to see you guys go to do your best, you know, have your best life. I mean, I just don't want to see you to stay the same. It can be actually discouraging for a pastor to see people stay the same. So, confession of your mouth is tremendously important. All right, Romans 10.10, let's have a look at that. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you confess and are saved. So the confession of your mouth is so important. Confess means being harmonious. means being harmonious with God's plans for my life. If I can confess what God wants for my life, I'm in harmony with God. Does that make sense? And that builds faith and it shuts the door to Satan. Amen? What comes out of your mouth is so important. So important. Matthew 15 verse 11, I'm just crunching this i've got more to say about each one of these but i uh you know it's just great stuff but matthew 15 11 says what goes into a man's mouth does not make him unclean but what comes out of his mouth that is what makes him unclean we need to say yes to what god is saying today (laughs) we need to say yes to what god is saying for us in the future and when we can agree with that in prayer and agree with that with some other fellow traveller in this journey of our spiritual life, it's powerful. The Bible says in Matthew, if two or more agree on any such thing, the Father will perform it. Just get with someone and say, Andrew, would you agree? Andrew rings me up all the time. He said, hey, I've got some business happening. Would you agree with me on this? He doesn't tell me everything. He just says one statement. Agree with me. Okay, I'll agree. Once I agree... He can stand on that scripture in Matthew and say, well, I've got someone else to agree with me because the Bible says if two or more agree, the Father will perform it. Not just if I agree, if I agree. See, it's not, a, it's not a, an independent journey, this Christian life. You've got to get friends. You've got to get into a connect group. You've got to get into a church. You've got you to travel with people. You've got to travel. You've got to tie a rope, you know, like a mountain climber. Oh, I don't need your rope. Get, I'll do this. Whoa. Yeah, right. (laughs) Two, the promise, this is the second one, the promise that God has for us must be incorporated into the overall destiny for ourselves and for others. Just what I was just trying to say then. 1 Corinthians 12, 26 says, If one part suffers, 
Every part suffers with it. But if one part is honoured, every part rejoices with it. And that was what Julia was trying to say. We are rejoicing so you can all rejoice. Woo! God does nothing independent of what, of what he's trying to do. I love this. In other words, whatever he's trying to do in your life fits into a bigger picture. And I said this, be careful of a society that teaches you selfishness and independence. Be careful of that stuff. It can get on you. The promises of God for our lives are about an overall movement of God, not only in our lives, but also in our territories, in our communities, and in the generations of past, but the future. It's all about, it's all about us seeing our promises come to pass for the future of our generations. That's why it's important we stand and believe that we do as much as we can in the life that God's given us. Issue three. We must be in a process of receiving prophetic revelation. God is trying to negotiate with you, even right now as I'm preaching, to set you up for 2012. Who believes that? Who believes God's stirring them up? Or who's just partying hard and saying, thank God I got through 2011? 2012, what's that? What's that? I don't know. I just, I just got through 2011. That's all I care about. Man, it was, isn't that enough? Do I, do, I, do I have to, you know? Just be careful, young people, that you, you, don't, you, know, you don't trash yourself, lose your spiritual vision for 2012. Because God, this right at this moment, every church... Every good church is an envisioning for 2012. They're setting their, they're setting their calendars. They're organizing dates and, 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 and events and uh, preaching schedules. And they're looking to 2012. Young people, what are you going to do in 2012? You're looking at uni, looking at school, looking at your career, looking at stuff, I hope. Looking at good stuff, I hope. Yeah, you've got to have good time too. Praise God. So issue three, we must be in a process of receiving prophetic. And I was going to mention Ezekiel, and, and if we were to turn our Bibles to Ezekiel 36, let's just do that because I've got a little bit of time. Ezekiel 36 is, is about a prophet, Ezekiel, who sees this predicament of Judea, God's people, they're being decimated and they're being scattered. He's a man of God. He hears God. He wants to do something. And God speaks to him. And I believe God needs to speak to us. And there's four things that, four stages of Ezekiel's prophesying and praying that enabled God's fulfillment to come about. Who wants to know about that? I think they're still relevant today and I think that's what actually got us through the events that we've been through of late. In the last year, two, three years. Let's have a look at it. Ezekiel, the prophet, he's really upset. He's discouraged in in, in some sense. But all of a sudden, God comes to him. Let's have a look in Ezekiel chapter 37. Let's have a look at this. Because he receives a prophetic revelation. So important to get current, current revelation from God. 
Here it is. The hand of the Lord was upon me, and he brought me out by the Spirit of the Lord and set me in the middle of the valley. It was full of bones. He led me back and forth among them, and I saw great many bones on the valley, on the floor of the valley, bones that were very dry. He asked me, Son of man, can these bones live again? I said, O sovereign Lord, you alone know. Then he said to me, Prophesy to these bones and say to them, Dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. So here's a situation, God's people, the army, uh, the Judean army, it's decimated, it's scattered, it's all, you know, it's just not even there. It's, and, all, and sometimes this can be our personal life, even our own destiny, our own career, our own, can be anything, a marriage or our health or whatever. But then God says, hang on, I've got a better version of your life. I've got a, pro- a prophetic unfolding future plan for your life. Are you willing to hear that? Ezekiel said, yes, I'm willing to hear that. What do I do about that? What do we do about this for our church, for, for uh, C3 for next year? What are, what, are we just going to amble into the 2012? No, I believe God is speaking to us right now to prophesy into our 2012. I believe it's exactly the same as this story in Ezekiel where it says, Son of man, speak, prophesy the word of the Lord. And he does. This is what the sovereign Lord says to these bones. I will make breath enter you and you will come to life. I will attach tendons to you and make flesh come upon you and cover you with skin. And, and see, it's these dry bones in, in the valley. And, and all of a sudden, they, they, there's a sound, there's a certain sound, but... All of a sudden they come together and tendons and ligaments and skin and there's a form and fashion of this army standing before Ezekiel. But then Ezekiel says, that's a miracle, but there's got to be more. There's got to be more. And then God says, well, yes, there is. Five, this is what the sovereign Lord says to these bones. I will make breath enter you and you will come to life. I will attach tendons to you, make flesh come upon you and cover you with skin. I will put breath in you and you will come to life. Then you will know that I am the Lord. Do you know what? It's not enough just to become a Christian. It's not enough just to have church. It's not enough just to have marriage. You've got to have the breath and the life of God in you. See, that was a great miracle that, that the bones, the army stood before Ezekiel. But they were just standing there like, Yeah, that's good. That's not bad, but could do with some life. Could do with some ability. To, uh, you know, and 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 God, God says, "You're right. Speak to that. Speak to those dry bones. Life, the breath of God, and this is what makes church live. Just pray with me right now. Holy Spirit, come into this house." Holy Spirit, come into this meeting right now. Holy Spirit, come into my marriage. Come into my family. Come, come home to my home. Come to my heart. Holy Spirit, come to my spiritual life. Come now. Because without the Spirit, you could be just dry bones. And it's very disheartening, very discouraging to be like that. You need to be filled, my friend. What else happens? So I prophesied. Seven, 
As I was commanded and I was prophesying, there was a noise, a rattling sound, and the bones came together, bone to bone. I looked and tendons and flesh appeared to them and skin covered them, but there was no breath in them. Then he said to me, prophesy to the breath, prophesy to the Holy Spirit, son of man, and say to it, this is what the sovereign Lord says, come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe into these slain, breathe into this church, Lord, breathe into these people, my God, that they may live, say live. So I prophesied as he commanded me and thank God for the people that are prophesying over our church and praying over our church. Thank you so much, Pastor Julie. Thank you for your people that, are, that prophesied over that dear lady who's, who's, what, she's got cancer and she's down and out and she's, but you had 40 people prophesying over her. Never prophesied over her. But when they were given a chance and in the Holy Ghost, they spoke And the lady was absolutely blessed with life. Breathe into these slain that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me. A breath entered them. They came to life and stood up on their feet. A vast army. Then he said to me, son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel, they say. And this this is what happened. This army did stand up. And then it did speak. And it was real. You've got to be real with God. Because this army actually did say... Our bones are dried up and our hope is gone. Yeah, I'm in church. I know God. Man, but I've been decimated this year. I've been decimated this last few years. And Pastor Phil, I want to help with the carols. I want to help with church. I want to help give. I want to help worship. I want to help build the church. I mean, you've got to be real, guys. You've got to be real with God. You've got to be real with God and yourself. And this is what this army did. It said to Ezekiel, man, look, thanks a lot. Thanks for getting saved. Thank you for the miracle, resurrection life. I, I thank you, but do you know what? Even with, even with God, I just don't think I can live my best life. Our bones are dried up and our hope is gone. We are cut off. Some people feel cut off from God's plans cut off from a great future, cut off from eternity even. But then, but then, verse 12, therefore prophesy and say to them, this is what the sovereign Lord says, O my people. I am going to open your graves and bring you up from them. I will bring you back to the land of Israel. He's going to bring you back into that promised land where you belong. He's going to bring you back into that place where you rightfully belong. Then you, my people, will know that I am the Lord. When I open your graves and bring you up from them, see what's happening, that hope that was deferred is being healed by Christ, by God himself. Some people's hope has been deferred. And you know what the Bible says? If your hope is deferred for too long, your heart grows sick. My heart was tested, man, with this whole deal called helping build God's church, man. Month in, month out, I'm praying. I'm not seeing anything happen. I'm praying and I'm I'm prophesying even. I'm praying, but I feel as though, my God, my hope, my future, where is it? I, I, I can't see it, Lord. But then something happened in the fourth stage, in the fourth stage of hanging tough and prophesying over it. This is what you've got to do for yourself. This is what you've got to do for your church. You've got to hang tough even through the disappointments. Therefore prophesy and say to them, 
verse 12. This is what the Sovereign Lord says. Oh, my people, I am going to open your graves and bring you up from them. I will bring you back to the land of Israel. Then you, my people, will know that I am the Lord. When I open your graves and bring you up from them, I will put my spirit in you and you will live and I will settle you in your own land. Then you will know that I, the Lord, have spoken and I have declared it, says the Lord. And this is what we did as a church. We continued to pray and prophesy over the state of circumstances in this church, the finances in particular. We kept prophesying to it. Those finances will live. They will prosper. Where there's vision, there's provision. Jehovah Jireh, He's our provider. He will meet all our needs according to His riches in glory. We kept prophesying the Word. We kept prophesying over this church because God was teaching us something. God's teaching you something. You've got to spiritually war over your best life. You've got to war over your church sometimes. Over your family, over your marriage. You've got to war. And you've got to, you've got to speak it and declare it. Because it ain't going to happen just easily. Ezekiel kept listening. Are you listening? Ezekiel kept listening and following instruction. He kept being obedient and doing what God asked him to do. And I think that's what we're all trying to do, isn't it? We're just trying to follow God. Be obedient to what He wants us to do. The fourth one was... The fourth issue was we must learn to engage in warfare with our prophecies. 1 Timothy 1.18 says, Timothy, my son, I give you this instruction in keeping with the prophecies once made about you so that by following them you may fight the good fight. See, if there's a prophecy over you, if there's an unfolding prophecy and plan of God in your life, you might have to fight the fight of faith. But I'm too nice for that. I don't do fighting. I'm sorry, friend. You've got to fight for your best life. You've got to fight for your friendships. You've got to fight for your church. You've got to fight for your right belonging in God. Five, we must have authority and accountability structures in place for prophetic fulfillment. You know, faith is linked with authority. Submit to the people around you. Submit to your authorities. Submit to your church. And there's a story about the centurion who used to submit to his boss and then he needed healing for, for his uh, servant. And, and Jesus came to him and said, what do you want me to do? I said, you, you, Jesus, you don't even have to come to my place. I understand just by the, your word that my servant will be healed. You don't even have to come to my place. By your word, Jesus, if you say it, because I'm a man under authority, and if I tell him to go, he will go, and if I tell him to do this, he'll do that. He does that, by, but you're, you're the son of God. If you say it, my servant's going to be healed. And he said, never have I seen great faith like this one, this centurion who understands authority. Guys, submit. Submit to those authorities around you. New level of faith. 
John 14, 12, I tell you the truth, anyone who has faith in me will do what I have been doing. He will even do greater things than these because I'm going to the Father. Six, we must have a persevering spirit to break through. A persevering spirit to break through. Judges 3, 1 says, and this is exactly what I was talking about, how God teaches us and trains us up. Judges 3, 1 says, these are the nations of the Lord left to test all these Israelites. This is the driveway left. From, from taking this 11 acres and building this house, I'm going to leave them the driveway unfinished. I'm going to test them by, by having things unfinished. And let's go back to it. Judges 3, 1 says, These are the nations the Lord left to test all those Israelites who had not experienced any of the wars in Canaan. He did this only to teach warfare to the descendants of the Israelites who had, who had, who had not previous battle experience. Some people have got no battle experience, Jules. The five rulers of the Philistines, all the Canaanites and the Sidonians, and the Hivites living in the Lebanon valleys. For they were left to test the Israelites to see whether they would obey the Lord's commands, which he had given their forefathers through Moses. God has a reason for taking us through this stuff to test us. Seven. Prophetic fulfillment requires humility. And I can, I can vouch for this. It's letting and waiting God do His work. It's very humbling, man, when you can't force the hand of God and you can't make it happen. And you're just standing there, man, with egg on your face. You've prayed for someone to be healed. You've prayed for a miracle here. You've stood on your faith there. You're believing for God to do wonders there. And... Where's your God now, Mr. Fancy Pants Preacher? But my God is faithful. My God is awesome. And His timing is His timing, not my timing. And I get learnt a lesson that I am a dependent of God. So if he's filling any forms out in heaven, I'm one of his dependents. Because I'm pressing through like Paul. I have not acquired it yet. I'm pressing through to win the prize set before me. Let's all stand. God bless you. Father, I thank you for what you're doing in this church and in every single person of this house. Thank you for the lessons of life, Lord. Thank you for the testings. Thank you, Lord God, that we cannot reach our own destiny by ourselves. We can't even draw our next breath, Lord. Without grace and mercy, we can't even take our next breath, Lord. We talk about destiny. We talk about the promises of God, but without you, God, we cannot accomplish these things that you've placed before us. It's all about you. Let's just pray. Let's just close our eyes. And dear God in heaven, I'm asking, I'm praying right now that, Lord, that you would speak to each and every one of us, Lord. That you would give us.